Welcome to Tool World. We're your hosts. I'm Gordon Ju. And I'm David Ju. And we're here to discuss everything about ITF patterns. If you're interested in learning more, make sure to like the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Tool World. This is David Ju, and I'm here with Master Gordon Ju. Hello, David. How are we doing today? We're doing good. We're still here in not so sunny California. Yeah, this is our um, <clears throat> looks like it's our fourth week in shelter in place, locked in the house. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone else is probably not too far behind, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is what a house arrest is like. Yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's not so bad, is it? No. No, no it's not too bad. No, it's not too not bad. Not too bad. Except uh, you don't have an ankle bracelet. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what are we uh, chit-chatting today? So I thought we'd go into uh, Kodong, or what was formerly known as Juche Tool. And that's what we'll be talking about for the next couple of weeks. If we're going to look at the techniques. We also have to kind of understand the pattern history as well. Right. Because now, the pattern the pattern itself is still the same. But what we have is we've got two different names associated to that pattern. Right. So what is the original uh, name that General Che created? The one he created the pattern. It was called originally... Juche. So we have two patterns. All right, so let's... <laughs> let's back it up. Let's back it up. So we have two patterns originally. So the first 24 patterns had a, a pattern named Kodong in it. But Juche was introduced in... About 1983 to 1985, somewhere right. around there. And... It was introduced because General Che added lots of complex techniques that right. he wanted. Um, that wasn't in any of the patterns. Right. And that the student would be able to practice as a second dan. Um, speculated that by the time you're a second dan, that you are in your peak maturity. which Physical maturity. Physical maturity. So... You know, nowadays a second dan is like fourteen, but I'm assuming back <laughs> back in the day, second dan probably meant more like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, you know, I would probably would agree with that. I mean, I remember when I was just starting out taekwondo, we didn't have a lot of children. Yeah, and I was also older. I was uh, eighteen, nineteen years old. Mm -hmm. Maybe gotten first dan around twenty three, twenty four, working on second dan patterns um, around 24 25 i'm guessing i don't know it's been a while yeah so and i would find that probably is true i mean since you look at um, taekwondo was mostly taught to the military you've got definitely older people doing taekwondo right and um i mean if you think about it usually they go into the military at least by 18 right right i don't know <clears> if the two-year rule applied back then yeah i don't know I, I don't know about that but probably not but you know they're definitely not children that they were teaching this to and let's just go over a few basic interesting facts before we jump into the whole history because there's a few things that you're like oh that's interesting or things to think about that doesn't pertain exactly to the whole story right so again let's make sure that we understand that there were there are two different patterns. The right. original pattern was called Kodong, and the sequence or the pattern itself is different, but very similar to Juche. All right. Would you say similar? 
there are some similar techniques, but there, but like um, you were saying, General Che had had added some additional new techniques. Mm-hmm. Now I remember d- doing Kodong many many years ago. That's actually what I st- yeah. remember learning first. Yeah, and then we switched it to Ju Che. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember all those techniques. I think you played with it once. Yeah, you know what would be interesting is actually go back and go back and look at what was added. Right. Well, I could think of or changes. that two-directional kick was definitely added in. <laughs> yeah, the two-directional kick for sure. But there was a lot of techniques are very similar. Yeah. The downward type of techniques, I believe, though, mm-hmm. are, are very similar. Right. Well, we're talking about history. We're not talking about technique right now. And in the future, we're all going to be talking about the updated version of Kodong or Juche. The majority of the people don't do the original Kodong anymore. Right, right. So let's go over... Well, yeah, let's just do some quick facts. I think we should probably start with um, what Juche means. Okay. And then and then go back to what Juche's name in the ITF under President Che has changed back to Kodong. And that was about, nine, let's see, 2000... Around 2007, I'm thinking... I remember talking to him and I was like, I don't understand how come all the Koreans from South Korea called it Kodong. I asked him and uh, he, he says, well, it's because they don't like the word Juche as much as a reference more to the North Koreans. And so we do kind of have to understand what Juche is and we also then have to understand what Kodong is and right. why there might be similarities why one versus another. Right. You want to so, take a lead on that? Yeah, so I guess we'll start that Juche was a political thesis uh, written by uh, Kim Jong, Kim Sung-il. Well, let's take a look at what it says <laughs> originally. So Juche is a philo- philosophical idea that man is the master of everything and decides everything. In other words, the idea that man is the master of the world and his own destiny. It is said that this idea was n- rooted in the Bakdu Mountain, which symbolized the spirits of the Korean people. The pattern diagram represents the Bakdu Mountain. You were just talking about the thesis or the idea of self-sufficiency, self, right? Or the idea that man is a master of his own destiny. I mean, so that's the definition of Juche. Right. <clears throat> How did that come about? Sure. Well, you know, it was rumored. That Kim Song Il, you know, first arrived at this political thesis when he was at the Bakdu Mounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they also say that you know the Bakdu Mounds is a big significance to both the North Koreans and the South Koreans because um, it was believed to be the birthplace of the Holy Dongun. Oh, yeah, that's right. North. Right. Uh, da- the Dongun. The Tangun were right. from the North Koreas. Right. Um, but we shouldn't think of it as North and South Korea because in those times, it is there's only one Korea. Right, 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 right. Here's, this is kind of interesting. So Juche is not a pen name or is not a name of a person yeah. in Korean history. Right. Right? It's an ideology. And so that, I kind of find that interesting because if you look at all the the names or the meaning of the patterns, most of them are because of an individual. Right. Except for Chunji. 
um, Ju Che wouldn't be one of those. And then uh, Tang Il, which is uh, the unification. Right. In a way, Ju Che is really kind of rooted towards the leader of North Korea, Kim Il Sung. If you look at maybe the pattern itself, like the first, the stance where you have the hands hand, on the hip, hand on the hip. Right. Well, I don't know. It's it's is it twin side elbow thrust? It kind of kind of looks like that, but uh, many of his photos, yeah, are where he stands like that, right? Where and so in a way, it's kind of a representation of him. So, who is this guy Kim Il Sung, and why is he so important? And not important. I shouldn't say important. Well, he's important to the North Koreans right now, but he was also important to the development of. Taekwondo. In what way? Give give so, us some history on that. My history uh, knowledge is pretty, pretty needs some work. But sure, you know, from but, I mean, from my basic well, understanding is there was a lot of South Korean pressure for General Che to keep Taekwondo within just South Korea. Right, and so General Che um, definitely had to. He left the South Korea because right. of political pressures. Right. Right. Many of the Korean masters were pressured to leave as well. Pressured to leave the ITF. Right, and then so how does Kim Il, Kim Sung Il fit into this picture? Is General Che went to him in terms of getting money, and with that came a lot of the ITF instructors came back to it to spread Taekwondo into a lot of the communist countries. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think that's partly true. I think that um, there's partly political and support, money support, right, for mm-hmm. an organization. I don't, I don't think General Che was mostly into that. I think he was, he loved Taekwondo. Right. And at the time, he's looking at sharing Taekwondo with um, the world. Right. Obviously, at the time, South Korea was probably had its own organization, the WTF, and obviously they were not going into the into the communist country. I don't think General Che had a political agenda necessarily. Right. He was. Um, I think the relationship he had with um, the North Korean or uh, Kim Il Sung. Mm-hmm. Um, open the door to actually teach Taekwondo into the right. socialist communist countries. Right. But you know, it's kind of interesting because you see a lot of General Che talking about unification between the North and South Koreans. You know, you could believe that Taekwondo was something that he thought that the Koreans would be able to share right. that would help eventually reunify it. No, that's his dream. Right. I, I think um, he's always said that. And that's why he developed the pattern, Tong Il. I think a lot of people think that General Che was a communist, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yeah. It's just, I mean, we should talk about who um, this guy Kim Il Sung is. Okay. And maybe even talk about a little bit about Kodong, because there's a lot of similarities in between the two. Right. Right. So do you know the meaning of Kodong? Um, yeah. Kodong? Yep. A su- As a general, generally, you know, you don't have to say Generally. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it is a pseudonym of Cho uh, Man Sik, who made just he dedicated bound, his, he dedicated his whole life to Korea and 
in the education, Ed, in right? education, yeah. And I believe he was uh, also uh, very into. He was an activist. Activist mm-hmm. as a what do you protester. Call he was. His, they say that he was in the Samuel protests. He kind of started all of these um, uh, independence movement. Not, not the impen- independence, but I mean um, peaceful protesting. Right. Right. So where you go in March, and that's that's cool, right? I right. mean, to think about that. He kind of started all that. Right? Who is this guy, Chim? What's his name? Chol Man Sik. Chol Man Sik and Kim Il Sung. How did? What kind of a relationship did they have? Uh, they were actually like they were like political leaders. Like they would say that Chol Man Sik was almost the quotation mark real first leader of North Korea. So how does he? get ousted because that's really what it what it yeah. was you have two political leaders in a country well mm-hmm. you know like a president and vice president mm-hmm. what happened to him exactly before we go into that it's interesting because what happened after world war ii okay and why why does it end up being the way it is well after world war ii they say that we had a um four power trustee agreement wherein the Soviet Union and the U.S. basically came into Korea to help, you know, create stability within the country after the Japanese occupation. Right. So the U.S. was there, not necessarily to control the the South Korean, but to help them and aid them in building their, basically, community back up. So the U.S. was in charge of South South Korea, Korea, and the Soviet Union came into North Korea, who also... They had the same... They had the same um, mission. Same mission, right? Um, to help be, uh, rebuild North Korea. Right, right. And it's interesting, too, because if you look at it, during World War II, America and Soviet unions were allies. And then after World War II, and then you go into the Cold War, um, the Soviet Union and the United States are more like enemies. Right. But anyway, continue. So anyway, so the Soviet Union basically brings in Kim sung ill because he was training back in russia they say right so he was um being trained in in the political ideas or the right. communist ideas right but Chou man six stepped up to the plate basically because of his you know his love for his country and his protests and marches and basically everything he has done for the country so he was also sent to pyongyang to set up basically councils what we got is two leaders there yeah two leaders and they have different ideologies in a way. But not really. They are similar because what does the root of Kodong, the meaning that it has... It is very similar to Juche. And what is that? Self-sufficiency. Right. So that whole idea of self-sufficiency, that man is in charge of his own destiny, is very similar in that way. Right. But I they kind of went about it in different Different approach. Different approaches. Right. And, you know, in some ways, even in the United States, I, I would say with throughout the, my lifetime, it's always been, I remember my mom and dad would always say, buy American. Yeah. Right? Support the Americans. Right. If you don't buy Americans, you're not supporting our own jobs. Right. And I think that's the whole idea with um, what they're trying to do in North Korea as well. Yeah. Be sufficient. Support our own society. Yeah. These are two leaders in North Korea, right? Yeah. And so what happened to Cho Min-sik? Uh, he was basically pressured by the Soviet Union to leave, or to include more Soviet Union councils. 
or countries into the councils. Right. So they're the Soviet Union is putting more influence of their their government into right. North Korea, and that's also probably true in the United the United States had with South Korea. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, you see how the both the countries kind of turned out. Yeah, well, we kind of operate very similarly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so as more and more communist um, counselors are put into North Korea, Choman Sik is now ousted. Yeah, it says here, following a conference in Moscow in 1945, the victorious Allied powers had decided to run Korea for a fe- period of five years under a four-power trustee, after which Korea would become independent. Choman Sik refused to cooperate with the plan as it meant too much foreign interference and influence on Korea. He was ordered to sign an expression of support for the trusteeship, which he refused to do and a month later was forced to resign and he was placed under house arrest. Basically, his resistance to all the things basically meant that the Soviet Union ended up um, basically executing him. Right, he was sent to prison. Right. And kind of disappeared. Yeah, he did disappear for a while and then <laughs> executed. And eventually he was given the status of martyr by the South Korean. I just kind of find it interesting because um, him and Kim Il-sung were co-leaders in a way. Well, right. they were allies in the North Koreas, but because of different ideology and who you know. Yeah. And he gets to be, he gets... um. Right. He gets ousted. I mean, you basically see is that the Soviet Union comes in and they bring in Kim Sung-il. As their their guy. Their guy, right? Their this guy. guy coming coming in. And now you got Cho Man-sik who refuses to sign this agreement saying that the Soviet Union will help out North Korea. Right. And so what ends up happening is he just disappears. Right. 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 They make him disappear, basically. So that's the rise of um, communism within Kim Il Sung, right? That's oh the yeah, that's Kim the rise. Il-sung. Yeah. So how does that all relate to uh, <laughs> Taekwondo, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we did a, take a huge track off, but we're about to bring it all back here, right? Because it's we can only speculate of what could have happened. What hap- What could have happened if Cho Men Sik wasn't executed? Or, or if he had more influence within the councils. Right. So maybe um, had he had more influence and there was less communist um, councils, it may not have fallen to the commun- or the Russian control. That's right. kind of what it is. Right. And maybe there w- could have been the unification. But it's interesting, you know, that we talk about the, f- the year 45. Yeah. That's when... That agreement between Russia and... The division between North and South Korea. Right. Yeah. That was a year. And that also happens to be how many movements there are in in the pattern. Right. Yeah. No, that is interesting. Juche or the new Kodong. The new Kodong. (laughs) (laughs) But that's never stated explicitly, so we can only speculate. That's what it means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So how does that come all the way back to um, Taekwondo? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we. I think you just have to understand the political climate. Yeah. And so General Che is uh, now looking to teach Taekwondo to, to the rest of the world. And so how do you get a, a foot in the door? In some ways, it's going to North Korea and working with 
Kim Sung Il. Kim Sung Il, because right. he happened to be the the leader of the country. Right, and you know, you take Kim Sung Il's political ideology, and you say, "I'll name a pattern after you." You know, that's a pretty big deal. You know, that is a that is a chess. That is a good move to be able to push your own personal agenda. Well, yeah. So we don't know. I think General Che said that um, he developed a new pattern. Yeah. Right. And because of techniques that were not available. Yeah. And can't use the name Kodang because Kodang is has was associated with a different set of patterns. Yeah. At the time, so. He uses the word juche. Where does it, where does that kind of word juche come from? Uh, they say that during the Japanese occupation that there's a word. There's a word in Korea. The term juche is originally thought to have come about during the Japanese occupation of Korea, where there was a hated term used by the Japanese to describe Koreans. This term was sade and met subservience so koreans started using the antithesis of sade which is juche and that's how we write it but a lot of it is speculation but i wouldn't discount that idea right what did we learn about from all this <laughs> right so that's kind of the the history or the meaning of juche right yeah that man on the on the surface the way the encyclopedia puts it is that man is in control of his own destiny is it the idea of communism? In some ways, I guess it is. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at the original Kodong, what did he say? It was like, also very similar. Yeah. Buy, um, buy Korean goods, support your own nationalism, take care of your own country, right. basically. Exactly. So they're very similar in that way. We always say, you know what's interesting, and this is also still interesting, but since we did change the pattern name from Juche to Kodong, you know, I think we changed it because that Juche is such a um, strongly related to communism, but in a in a strong way that Kodong is definitely still uh, Kodong was definitely still influencing communism. They're basically very closely related, and you know that's not something that you would ever think. You know, on the surface, you think that oh, Juche was changed because of the communist tones that it had but in a way that Kodong, Kodong is still the same way right I think if you look at the underlining meaning of what is being transpired it's that's true mm -hmm. I think that's true I think that um, the name Do you, if you want to believe that it was a political move maybe because it does seem that way yeah or is it just another word because of new techniques maybe maybe right yeah but i there's probably a truth behind both right so what do you think juche really means to like you or well nowadays um yeah for me i don't see it any not juche the political ideology but the idea of the what does like the master of your own destiny mean Oh, well, I just think that um, we decide on what we can do and what we can't do. I mean, if you decide you want to get up and go to work, who's in charge of that? Me. Yeah. Right? So if um, you're in a situation, who's in charge of taking action? Yeah. It's 
me. It's, yeah. It's us. It's the the man. Right. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm saying. And and I do like that idea. I don't like to have it just um fate is going to lead me the way. Right. I mean I'm not trying to talk about any like political or religious ideas. It's just that I think you've got to you've got to decide and you've got to act on it, whether it's right or wrong. It's that rippling effect. What we do today kind of says was going to tell us what is going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And even on a larger scale, whatever the society wants and we work towards is what dictates the whole country. Right. It's not just right. all dictated by one person. Yeah. Where the the masses are the bread and butter of the nation. Right. But for, you know, when I was uh, learning how to do the patterns and not necessarily trying to understand all of the meanings of all these patterns, I never really thought of it as, oh, that's North Korea. That's about communism. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But you can see the roots and why some people see it that way. And if you study it more, you can say, oh, I see some political pressures in naming a pattern um, that kind of represents that whole ideology. Yeah. Uh, If you're interested in reading the book that we're reading, we're reading From Creation to Unification by Stuart Anslow. Um, And he, this is the book we've been reading about before we talk about all of these patterns, basically, (laughs) just to get like a little more in-depth idea about the pattern names beyond just the two sentences. Yeah, Yeah. a little more than the two sentences you get in the encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If there's anything else that you have heard about Kodong or Juche, leave us a comment on our Facebook. I would think this would be quite a controversial topic. It is a controversial (laughs) topic, and it's... It was probably the most interesting one that we've had. Yeah. You know, but we might have butchered some of the names and butchered a lot of the history. So we definitely, you know, go back and research some for yourself and, you know, let us know what you find. Come back and spank us. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I have to say, I I like that pattern. That's my favorite pattern. Juche. Juche. Well, Kodong. What do do you want to call it? Kodong. I call it Kodong 2. Kodong 2.0. 2.0. Uh, it's, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty ambivalent about that pattern. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It's an awesome pattern. It's interesting and it's dynamic and you, you got to be good to be. You able do, to do have that. to be good because sometimes you see it, you're like, ooh, no. <laughs> it's cool. Yep. But it's a lot of work. <laughs> All right, so we'll be talking a little bit more about some of the techniques in that pattern, but we will be referencing it as Kodong. All right. Yeah. Because that's that's the way um, President Che wants it done, and that's what it, what we call it. So all you guys that um, call it Juche, just understand it's Kodong. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Remember to be safe. Keep training. See you later. Take one. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to see you next time.